we all have issues. We're, pre- we're going through the Bible now. We're in the book of Galatians today. Every one of us would like to be free from something. Maybe free from a particular fear. Maybe free from a particular personality trait we wish we didn't have. I mean, how many of you can think of a fear you'd rather not have, a personality trait you'd rather not have, or maybe free from a bad habit, free from even needing to make New Year's resolutions because you're pretty good already? Sometimes freedom means the ability to do whatever you want. But the Bible teaches us that other times, (coughs) freedom means the ability to not do what you don't want to do anymore. In this building, several times a week, I believe, I know certainly on Sunday mornings early, we have gatherings of people who are battling addictions, and they want to be free from those addictions. My heart goes out to them, and I respect and admire them for the work they're doing, And, and I know how hard it must be, not because I've gone through it, but because I know the chemistry involved and the neuroscience involved. Freedom from doing what you don't want to do anymore is huge. If you try to define freedom as just skipping down the road of no restraints whatsoever, no rules whatsoever, you'll never be free. Instead of the freedom you seek, you will instead find bondage to the path of passion and whatever path leads to the least resistance. Have you ever seen a tree roots, uh, a tree root system As it goes into the soil, it's all twisted and tangled. Why? It's following the path of least least resistance. You see a creek, a stream. Why is it so twisty? It follows the path of least resistance. Following the path of least resistance creates crooked trees, crooked streams, and crooked people. As people, we are free, but not free to do whatever, whenever, that's easiest. George Leonard, one of the pioneers of the sexual revolution of the 1960s, wrote a book 20 years after that in the 1980s entitled The End of Sex. He wrote this. He said, what I've learned is that there are no games without rules. He used to push what he called sexual liberation, sexual freedom, and then he realized he learned All that is, is slavery by another name. That he had ushered in mass slavery, not freedom. What a powerful commentary on what freedom is and what freedom is not. Paul Delagarde asserted, he is not free who can do what he wills, but rather he who can become what he should be. Wow. At the heart of freedom is this ability to become who we were created to be. And what were we created to be? I mean, what would that be? Well, we have to turn to the Bible because it's the record of God creating humans in his own image and designing man and woman in such a way as to make them his beloved children. (coughs) We were created to reflect the image of God. We were uh, created to be in fellowship with God. One of my favorite writers An irascible old man named G.K. Chesterton wrote, Whatever else is or is not true, this one thing is certain. Man is not 
what he was meant to be. And we can all agree, can we not? We look in the mirror and realize this is not where I planned to end up. I wasn't thinking this was going to be my story. Paul asks in, in Romans 7 and verse 24, who will set me free from this law of sin and death? And we have to agree with the sentiment. So Paul went on a search for freedom. So looking for freedom, do we find freedom by the law? No, Paul tried that and it didn't work. Let's look, we're going to start in Philippians and then we're going to get into Galatians where we'll spend most of the rest of the time. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. It's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs. Those, whoa, Paul seems to be unchristian there. No, see, the thing is, we tend to get more of our idea of Christianity from political correctness and Victorian England than we do from Jesus. So we got to get away from that. We really do. And I couldn't, and again, I might have missed the boat entirely. Um, but if the, if the person was referring to putting your arm around your wife or rubbing her back as you're standing there singing a song, if you're offended by that, that's more Victoria, Queen of England, than it is Jesus, Son of God. We got we to gotta find a way to work our way through this. But anyway, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. There's a whole story behind that. For it is we who are the circumcision we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Now, Paul doesn't like talking like this, but he's going to say, hey, you want to try to play one-upmanship on who's more holy? Let's go for it. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. And I got to stop right there. Who else could say that? Paul is. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. All those accomplishments, all of that, he said, that's nothing. It's garbage. Don't even bring it up again. All we have to brag about is Jesus Christ. And then, for through the law, I died to the law, that I might live for God. It is, it's hard for us to get this sometimes. Paul had to separate himself from the law so that he could live for God. Because law-keeping wasn't it. Now, once you, I know it's hard to, to get this, sometimes the argument. Once you think about this, I think everybody here knows that I, I love my wife. But what if after, and, and, and there are lots of rules to being married, lots of rules. You find out later. So, some, of them, some of them involve decorating issues. Um, our, our bed is, is a Jenga pillow puzzle. Um, <laughs> And there are rules about how one puts it together and dismantles it. And I, I take notes. I do the best I can. <laughs> Poor Cammie. I know that's what you're thinking. But what if right after we were married, I went up to Cammie and I said, all right, so we've done the marriage thingy. Um, what's, I need a list of the things I must do every day for this marriage to work. 
Now, some of you ladies might be thinking, oh, I'd love it if my husband... No, you wouldn't after a while. Because after a while, it would be a mechanical ticking of boxes. No emotion, no relationship, looking for the absolute minimum that one can do. And that's not what we want to do. We want something more involved than this. Law does not bring freedom, but that's because it was never designed to bring you freedom. Galatians chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. In Christ, you're children now. It's not a relationship built on law. It's a relationship built on the blood of Christ. That's a very different thing. When I was a boy, I saw something that struck me as very odd. Kind of still does. I don't even remember how old I was or what country I was in when I saw it. It was a, a thing on the floor with footprints that was supposed to teach you how to dance. And there were people standing, and they were moving to this set, then moving to that set, and they were mechanically going through this. Now, I was not, because I was raised in the Church of Christ. But they, <laughs> they were mechanically going, and it was stilted. It, it really was. It was like the dance of the arthritic robot. <laughs> After a while... I'm assuming you would like to go to a restaurant or you'd like to go to a party where they don't have the footprints on the floor. How, how does one make that transition? If you do it legalistically, there's no joy in that, is there? There's got to be a flow to it. There's got to be a meaning, a flow, a dance to it. Jesus came to give us freedom, so we're not mechanically following a law, but we're following a living Savior. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. It is for freedom. By the way, my wife says that I walk around with a tube of blue paint and a sword in my pocket because I, I'm such a, a freedom. Freedom is so big. And if you don't know the allusion for blue paint and a sword, um, we really can't be friends. Um, you have... You have <laughs> If you've not seen Braveheart, it's a fantastic movie, except for the last 30 minutes, which is horrible. Um, I have an English friend who said, that's my favorite part. This is, stop it, you. Uh, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't let your church throw chains on you. Follow Jesus. But if you follow Jesus and come under his authority... You are not free to do whatever you want to do. You are free to become who you were created to be. It's a very different concept for us. It's, it's rather like trying to explain to people who have never studied the issue the difference between being libertarian 
and libertine. One means we give as much freedom as possible to all people as long as no one is harmed. The other is freedom for me and I don't care about you. God says, no, there's a new freedom here. Jesus came for the very purpose of setting, setting us free from slavery to our sin. Slavery from pressures. Oh, this world. On my Twitter feed this week, reading it, Christian people that I, that I respect, I do, were saying, if you vote for Trump, you're not a Christian. Others said, if you don't, you're not. So now I'm, what do you do? <laughs> Others said you had to vote for Hillary. Others said you're a sinner if you do. It's rather like a time, and I, I, I'm not trying to speak ill of the man, just need to use an illustration. We came back to America, and it was in the summer, 30 years ago, and it was hot. It was hot like you had snow. You know, in other words, you might not have thought it was hot, but to us, it was hot. People in Scotland die when it hits the 80s. So we came over, and we don't tan, we sunstroke, it's a difference, but <laughs> we moved over, and our little three-year-old daughter was going to spend a couple days with my parents, so we took her. We came back, and she was miserable. I said, what's wrong? She said, they won't let me swim. Just a little pool or something in the backyard. And, they, and we noticed that they wouldn't let her wear shorts because that's the Church of Christ we were raised in. And I went to Dad, and I said, um, Dad, if you want to see this little girl, she can't survive this heat unless she gets to cool off some. And my dad said, Christians don't swim. And I thought, all right, here's the thing. I've seen them. <laughs> now, you've either got to think they lose their Christianity the minute they hit the water, or that they're sinning, but they're still Christian. And we never got around on that one. By the way, when I was a boy, it wasn't called swimming. It was called mixed bathing, which sounded a lot more interesting. <laughs> I was ever so disappointed when I realized what they were talking about. <laughs> the, um, and if that offends you, you're Victorian. Yeah, the, <laughs> you're, uh, there, are some, there are some places in the Bible that you really shouldn't read because you'll be offended. We are, don't have to follow those Christians don't swim rules. Now, can you swim in inappropriate attire or be in an inappropriate beach party? Absolutely. No question. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying be a libertine. We're saying be free from the pressure of the world and from human law. Look at Galatians chapter 4. I think I did. Did I have Galatians 4? I did. Great. Thank you. Um, I, I give Laurie, and who, who's fantastic, by the way, and amazing, I give her a copy in color, and then I print mine out, and it's in black and white, so I can't tell what's been highlighted. To redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So we were under law, now we've been adopted. Because you are his sons, and that word is inclusive of you women as well, God spent this, sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, 
Father, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. I have two children that aren't children anymore. I look up to both of them because they're taller than me. I have four grandchildren who are briefly shorter than me. These children, I don't say, I don't say they're not my children today because they did something I wouldn't have done. No. No, our relationship's not based on law. It's based on love and blood. The same way we have a relationship with God the Father. It's not like I'm going to be you know, someone standing behind your car and you say, tell me if the turn signal's working and I go, yes it is, no it isn't, yes it is, no it isn't. That's not the way God deals with us. He doesn't say saved, not saved. Now you're saved again, not saved. He doesn't do that. We're his children. So we are free. At conversion, God became our liberator, our redeemer. To redeem an item means to remove an item from the marketplace so that the store no longer has control over it. You have bought it back away from where it was. If you buy something, it is yours now. You may may do with what you wish. At conversion, Jesus bought us. He bought us off the black market, the black market of hell. And immediately removed us to a new environment, heaven. Do we have Galatians 1.4? I have to ask because we don't. Okay. Galatians 1.4. You can look that up. The act of deliverance is a present reality. It's already happened. Let me, let me stress this. Our young people, I wish somebody had told me. It would have taken a lot of the pressure off and I would have actually enjoyed church a whole lot more. Our salvation is not something that happens when you die and go to heaven. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you have been buried with Jesus in baptism, you are already saved. You already have eternal life. You are already immortal. You are already adopted. You're safe. Dance in the freedom of God. Enjoy it. And it's amazing how long it takes some of us to learn this. We're no longer bound by past tragedies, past decisions, present circumstances, or future fears. In in chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship, we've already been adopted because you will be. No, that's present tense. You are. God sent in the future? No, past tense. He's already sent the Spirit. You already have the Spirit of God. You've already got Jesus Christ. I can get carried away talking about this, but it dawned on me earlier today, I can because there aren't classes, so I hope you packed a lunch. I'll try to get us out before the thaw. Um so that you can skate in the parking lot. And please be careful. Please be careful out there. Now that we are out of banishment, brought into the family, stand firm in your freedom. Make your decisions that you're not going to slip back into slavery. Slavery to sin. Slavery to true tradition. Slavery to fear. Whatever it is, whatever evil bondage out there, you're free from that. And now you're in a protective circle 
that Jesus has provided for you. But you're only free as long as you stay with him. You see, all invitations, all welcomes have limitations. You are free. I'm free from dating pressure because I'm married. Oh, we still date, but I know who the date was going to be. I am free, but there's a limitation. You understand how that works? I'm free in Christ, but I'm not free to pick another Savior, including my own laws and religion. Jesus allows us to have true freedom, and we're not alone anymore. If we've been buried with Christ, we will be resurrected with Christ. Romans chapter 6. Before you came to him, every slight and hurt you received stayed with you. Maybe you mulled them over. You thought for ways of getting back. Maybe you had revenge fantasies in your head. But now in Christ, we have, a, we have the power to choose a different way of looking at the world. We're free to respond in Christ-like love, to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16. And now, we no longer divide from each other. This is the biggie. We have in here Democrat, Republican, and I don't know who I am, Atarian. We have old and young. This is amazing church. You can go to some churches that serve the young, others that serve the old. Isn't it amazing? We've got them all here, and they're all welcome and loved. We have white and black. We've got, um, I don't know that we have rich, but we have doing all right, and we have, I have no idea how I'm going to make it through the week. We've got them too. And everybody here has shown dignity and love and graciousness because we are no longer divided. We've been adopted. We are brought into one family. I've told this story before, so I'm going to tell it very, very quickly. Uh, I got our, our, my youngest sister when she was about 12. She was a, a girl out of Guyana that my father wanted to save. She had been abandoned by her parents and abandoned children in that section of the world get sold into slavery, most often sexual slavery. So he, he worked, he was down in Guyana, he was working hard to try to find a way to adopt her. All kinds of roadblocks were thrown up. And finally, on the day that he was supposed to be able to sign papers and adopt her, I get a phone call from Guyana. That doesn't happen, because my father doesn't spend that kind of money. But he called me, and he said, I could hear the frustration. He said, all of a sudden, they said, I'm too old to adopt her. Just as I'm, I walk in to do it. But I told them, I've got a son. What if he sent you a letter saying that if anything happens to me, he will raise her? And they said that that would do. Would you, would you send that letter? I said, absolutely. And so later, later on, she was brought to America. She'd never been in a car, never seen a toilet, a telephone, or an airplane, or anything until she got on an airplane. All of this was new to her. On the ride home, she was terrified being chased by dragons. They later realized that those were the semi-trucks. She didn't know what those were. A couple years after being in America, I told her, it's time you found where you came from. I'm taking you to Scotland. So we lived in Detroit at the time, and we would cross into Canada to fly out because it's cheaper from there and we're Scottish. So 
you had to, you had to, you had to get to pass two international borders. So we're all standing there. And we're all, and my whole family, uh, my, my wife and my children, and then Sharon. And Sharon, very dark skin, looks like a little Aztec princess, uh, very short like they, they are, the Carib Indians are. And uh, they, they'd look at everybody. That, you know, we're so white, you can read through us. And then there she is. And they'd look at me and look at her and look at me and look at her and say, now, who is she? And I'd say, she's my sister. Well, you know, she's like 12 and I'm 120. And they, they kind of frowned about it. And I said, unless something happens, then she's my daughter. <laughs> the poor lady in Glasgow, the immigration official, just kind of frowned at me. And I said, she said, and why are you bringing her to Scotland? I said, to show her where she's from. She just said, just go, just go. The Father wanted us, but it took the action of the Son to get us. We were saved by adoption. Being in Christ. Oh, I didn't read the scripture, did I? Bring it up, please. So in Christ Jesus, now pay attention, because we're all going to read this together later. So in Christ Jesus, you are all, all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen, church? Being in Christ means that we have the same power in us which raised Jesus from the dead. You've already got that power. It doesn't mean you're never going to wrestle with temptation again. It just means you don't have to give in if you don't want to because you are free from that. You don't have to participate. You don't have to let sin dominate you anymore. You are free to let God lead you. Your obedience is not a dream. It's a present reality. It is not limitless in that you're allowed to do whatever you want to. You are free to follow God. You can stop and ask God anytime during the day for help and leadership because he's your father. He's given you permission to, to interrupt his day anytime you need. We're truly free in Christ because we are no longer slaves to living for the esteem of man or for man's approval. We are free to please God rather than those around us or even ourselves. Mark, would you bring your band up, please? By the way, fantastic job. And I appreciate so much what Mark does he, he texted me that his neighborhood hadn't been cleared yet. And I said, well, I'll lead worship. You'll get a raise. They will appreciate you even more. I'm so glad he didn't call that bluff. Um, but I appreciate also, we have a large number of rotating volunteers that help. And it, mad it means so much, doesn't it? It has turned our worship into something very beautiful. And thank you, guys. Thank you. going to ask you please to stand with me as free people brought by the bought by the blood of Christ redeemed by his sacrifice assured of eternal life by his resurrection and promise let us all remember and read together these two passages from Galatians so in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. For the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Read that one again. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Hear the word of the Lord. Be at peace.